0: Have you ever walked into a store and felt like, okay, if I had a store, this is exactly what it would look like. That is what happened to me when I walked into Catbird, this beautiful little shop in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. They are known around the world for these beautiful, delicate gold stacking rings that they make. Their collection of jewelry is really simple and delicate and it's the kind of jewelry that you put on and you never take off. You can go swimming in it. You can wear it to a wedding. And all of the jewelry that they make, these delicate pieces made with recycled gold or fair mined from scale mining communities are really special. They also have this foundation called the Catbird Foundation, which is tied to the ethos of their brand, which is a commitment to making and doing good things. So they donate a percentage of their sales to nonprofit organizations that align with their belief in equality and helping others. They're really committed to serving communities in need all over the world. So whether you go to their store or their gorgeous website, catbirdnyc.com, you're entering a world of beautiful things made by really good people. Whether you're getting a simple birthday present or you're proposing, catbirdnyc.com, informal luxury. So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact about my guest today. Because of her love of Hamilton the Musical, she started a podcast. 19 months later, Lynn manuel Miranda came on that podcast as a guest. Welcome, Jillian Pensavale. Hey, okay. everyone. My guest today is Jillian Pensavale, the host of The Hamilcast, a Hamilton podcast. Actually, the first Hamilton podcast to hit the airwaves in January of 2016. And it has now earned the title of the official Hamilton podcast. She is also the co-creator and co-host of the comedy podcast True Crime Obsessed with Patrick Hines. Teaming up with her husband, the adorable Michael Paul Smith, Jillian is the co-creator, producer, and star of The Residuals, a successful comedy series based on their real-life auditioning for commercials in New York City. It's very funny. In the digital world, she has pitched, wrote, hosted, produced, and edited over 2,000 videos that have been distributed to over 12,000 partner sites including, but not limited to, The Huffington Post, Hearst, AOL On, MSN, Amazon, USA, Today, and Roku. She resides in the greatest city in the world. Welcome, Jillian Pensavale.
1: Hi, Alana. I am
0: kind of excited to
1: have you here today. I'm super excited to be here. I do want to say the official Hamilton podcast is cast members. Cast members have said that. I don't want like Jeffrey Seller to come after me, but (laughs) (laughs) it's not... Like, official official. I'm not, like, affiliated with the show, but cast members. It feels nice when cast members say that. So it's great. Yeah, It's great. I can't
0: be responsible for what happens to you okay. once this airs, but I will That's say fair. that as far as I'm concerned, it is the official <laughs> Hamilton in American Musical podcast.
1: Well, thanks. I'll take it.
0: Take it. And the way I came to know this lovely woman who's sitting in my podcast booth right now is because I listened to the show, and my dear friend Anthony Rapp was a guest, one of the early people to come on to the official Hamilton Musical <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, Everyone have a shot every time I say the official Hamilton podcast. Oh, just man. have a drink of whatever is near you, <laughs> and that was exciting that Anthony came on. It um, was for you guys. It and was for me, and I got to be on your show, and then my sweet son got to be a Hamil kid on the Hamelcast podcast.
1: Caleb, my good friend Caleb, your good friend, my sweet Caleb. little friend. I love him. I'm so- I'm not joking. No, I like I consider him my friend, I and know. I think he's awesome, and I love Caleb.
0: Yeah, he is an incredible fun to talk to. Um, So the thing that I wanted to ask you is do you remember the very, do you remember your first, do you remember the first time you heard something from a little show that seems to be doing okay called Hamilton?
1: Oh, absolutely. Tell me like where you were, what happened? It was October of 2015. You laugh. Uh, My husband Mike was doing a performance of Waiting for Godot. So my best friend Ashley who is also on the show, Ashley and I have been Thick as Thieves since we were 12. She's like my bones. I love her. She, we used to listen to Rent all the time and we were just big into musicals and references and movies. And she, we were driving out to see Mike and there was a ton of traffic and the cast recording had just come out on NPR. And she said, I have to play you this thing. You're going to love it. And I was like, all right, cool. Like listening to musicals in a car w- driving around Queens with Ashley was like, oh, I'm home. Like, yeah. okay. And it was Hamilton. And by the $10 founding father without a father, I was like, what? I'm in. What is this? And then. So she was your dealer. She was like the Hamilton
0: drug dealer. And she turned you on to your first fix.
1: Oh, 100%. And then I got, I got like brand new headphones the next day because I, one, I needed them. So I say, but I was like, if I'm going to be listening to this nonstop, I need like really good headphones for it. And then I just listened to it constantly. And by January of 2016, I started the podcast about it without having seen it.
0: 'Cause you were like, I need to just be talking about this all the time. Mm-hmm. And also
1: noticing how many
0: people had that same addiction to yes. kind of like throwing in little words and phrases from the show yeah. and and to share it. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. Yes. Wait. Did
1: you did you think I'd actually remember when I first heard it? I was like, it was I a crisp on over day.
0: <laughs> I did. Because I feel like something I'm noticing about you and about people who I think are incredibly creative and incredibly successful is they also have a slightly obsessive nature about the thing they're passionate about. And I think that combination of obsession and passion, the marriage of those two things, kind of have to work hand in hand for us to achieve big goals.
1: Yes. I mean, it's a little crazy to start a podcast about something that you haven't seen. Did you
0: listen to, po- like, were you a podcast person? No. I mean, I listened to
1: Serial, but who didn't?
0: Well, uh, that ties in perfectly to your true crime obsessed oh, podcast, yeah. right? Like yeah. that whole idea of, so you start this
1: podcast and you figured out how to do a podcast pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah. So the first couple episodes, I can't listen to those early episodes. The first few were not edited, the first few were recorded on the camcorder. That we had because I didn't have any microphones. I was just so excited. I was like, I just want to do this. I want to get it up there. So they're really raw. I wasn't using any music yet, but I knew how to edit video from the residuals, which is another thing. I was like, I'm sure I could learn how to edit a video. And then you like YouTube tutorials of teenagers in London, like there they do all the video, like computer tutorials. So if I didn't know how to do something in Final Cut. I would just YouTube the tutorial and have some, like, adorable 16-year-old But that's British impressive because
0: I do that for everything. And within two minutes, i like, I don't understand.
1: I just I, I just want you to answer exactly my question. Sometimes that's super when I, you I want to throw everything, including myself, out the window, and I'm yeah. like, I just need the answer to this one little right. thing. Because you're starting is at A, and I'm at like D. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you're trying to like click nope. through the video, and it's like if you just watch the four minute video, I know we wouldn't be here twenty minutes I know. later. You're right. You're but, right. Uh, but I do it all the time. Okay. And I just dove into the deep end. I figured, well, I can learn how to do it, and then I did. And then I figured if I can edit, vid- if I can edit video, audio. Sure. And it's just a different – yes, I mean, the muscle memory is there, but it's just a different – You need a different ear for it.
0: So today I got recognized on the subway because I was on the phone and someone heard my voice Mm -hmm. and recognized me from the podcast, which was, I think, the most wonderful feeling of anything that I've ever been recognized for. Absolutely. And then I told her, this sweet woman whose name was also Alana, as it turns out. What? So I will not forget that. Or she just said it. Uh, (laughs) She just said her name was Alana. She didn't want me to stalk her now. (laughs) (laughs) I've stalked my fans. It's the opposite. (laughs) Um, I was like, oh, I'm about to go... Interview my friend who hosts the Hamilcast podcast, which she didn't know about, which was absurd. But I was like, stop what you're doing. It's really okay. Go home yeah. and begin. Turn around. That's right. Turn around and start. But I was just saying to her that the thing that's so brilliant about it and the thing that really caught my attention early on is not only was it a place to talk about the show and every song and every actor and all. All the magic that went into it, but the idea of reading the book at the same time, going through it chapter by chapter, was a fantastic
1: concept. So the idea was, in case I don't have anything to talk about, there'll be a Chernow chapter, which I annoyingly call chapters. Right, sorry, everybody. Funny. And sorry, Jeffrey Seller. She's just she doesn't own that word. <laughs> she, sorry, Ron. Ron <laughs> Chernow himself. Oh, yeah. So I thought, yeah, you know, hey, and. It's hard to do because I don't have that kind of brain. It's fascinating. It's well written. Of course, the story is am- amazing, but
0: your friend Ashley does.
1: Well, she's Lucky she's my, Ash- yeah. my right hand woman about it because I need her help. And Mike is a big history buff. And I sort of gave myself this re- responsibility that I was going to talk about it, which means I also have to understand it and explain it to people who are also having trouble with it. So I do put a lot of pressure on myself with the chapters. I'm not done with them. They're I we've gone through 22 or 23 and i'm i will get back to it but sometimes there are really cool people who come over so it's hard and it's also like it takes a long time for me to go through those chapters and i also publish the notes that i write which is just a stream of consciousness it's all references it's all references to hamilton and rent and that thing you do and a league of their own and like tom hanks movies and julian
0: valley wrote the other 51 <laughs> Woo! So when did this thing that went from you in your living room talking about this thing you love, if you didn't have a friend to come on and talk about it or me or Anthony Rapp or my son, yes. you would talk about the book mm-hmm. and kind of muse on that in a wonderful way. Who was the first person connected to Hamilton who came on the show, and how did that happen?
1: The first person was Scott Wasserman, who is known as either DJ Buttons or the Beatmaster or more formally the Ableton programmer. Scott Wasserman does all of the things that cannot be he he programs everything that can't be created by musicians on the cast recording and on the show. So the horse sounds or the record scratches or things like that. He was on episode nine.
0: And how did that happen?
1: He followed the podcast on Twitter because he followed the podcast back. And so then the DMs were open. So I just asked him. And he, he was working on a little show, which ended up being Dear Evan Hansen and couldn't come over. I feel over. like that might do well, too. You know, I wish them the best of luck. Good I luck. hope they do all right. Good What's luck. that kid's name? Ben something? Well, I hope he's all right. So, yeah, and he Skyped, but told us all about, you know, the the rewind and satisfied and how that came to be. And he was the first person that was involved with the show and gave the podcast a lot of street cred in episode nine. And then the first person in person we recorded at Shetler Studios, but it was Seth Stewart, who was also an original cast member of In the Heights. And it was right after the Tonys. And it was right after Anthony Rapp.
0: And he came on because...
1: Once again, same with Anthony Rapp, followed us back on Twitter and I messaged them and just said, hey, I'm doing this thing and this is what it's about. And people just said yes. It was crazy. People just said yes. And then people started asking me if they could come on. And I was like, no, everyone calm down. Just please, just let me live. No, I was like, yes. Are you kidding
0: me? Come over. Come over. What's really amazing when you hear the Hamelcast, it's no lie, you are in Jillian and Mike's apartment Mm -hmm. which is adorable it (laughs) is filled with a lot of paraphernalia from the different things that they love yeah from tchotchkes to show, po- like everything. And they make you an incredible drink that's creative and comes out of the show in a very clever way or your own life. Mm-hmm. And you sit and you talk and you turn the air conditioner off because they can have noise. And you're literally, I think it was 115 <laughs> degrees by the time you leave, you've lost 20
1: pounds. Mm-hmm. Only in the summer. In the winter, yeah. I can, or the fall, I've been you- able to keep the windows open, which is nice. But now it's all the kids screaming outside because school's in session. So So it's it's very real. It's it's,
0: very, very real. I sit on
1: my floor. Like it's not. There's no. um, That's not a lie. It's very. You come over. I sit on the floor. It's super laid back. Okay.
0: So what I don't know that everyone knows is that the irony of all of this is that you started doing this podcast before you had seen the show. Mm -hmm. So, which is kind of hilarious when you think about it. It's insane. How did you? And when you went to see the show. Did it disappoint?
1: It was. I'm really. This is now just a ruse. I just. I keep it up because it's like I've already fact. done twelve episodes already, and I was like, yeah, "All right, I'll pretend I, I just, still love I have it. To do it." It's now. my brand. Yeah, because it's so easy to just do everything for a podcast yourself, mm-hmm. like booking and editing it and everything. So I just figured I'll just keep it going for another seventy plus. So episodes. here
0: you were studying and living in the world of I want to be an astronaut, but Uh then suddenly you went to the moon. Right, right. So can you talk about when you, when the gates opened and and the angels sang and you were led into the theater where Hamilton and American Musical was playing?
1: Yes. So I had purchased tickets for Mike and I in November of 2015 before I started the podcast for... September of 2016 because that's what Hamilton Hamilton has done a lot of things one of them is that you have to buy tickets at least a year in advance so what was amazing is that one day I checked the podcast email and there was one of the most beautifully written emails I've ever received in my life the subject was where are you taking me I'm about to change your life from helpless slash satisfied and it was a listener who said that he could not believe that the creator of his favorite podcast had never seen Hamilton and he would like to give me Hamilton tickets. And it was an insane thing. The only thing he wanted was anonymity. And it was a really like total stranger's move to kindness by my story. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I have to accept this, right? It was It was a very insane... It was hard for me to say say yes to this, everybody, but it was bananas and it was so beautifully written and it was so sincere and my friend who works at abc was like what's his full name let me do a background check like is the guy gonna show up and be like hey so here's the thing you
0: can have these tickets yeah but just come in my van for one for sure and
1: why you know i'm a born and raised new yorker why wouldn't i think that it's just but it was really just the ultimate act of kindness that has ever happened and it turned out why did
0: he want to be anonymous
1: Because I think if I say his name, the entire world is going to say, can you buy me Hamilton tickets? Because it was StubHub. It was when it was, it actually, it turned out being the night Lin-Manuel Miranda won the Pulitzer. So the energy was the most insane thing Oh, that's a bummer. I know. Yeah, kind of dark Mm -hmm. and depressed. (laughs) Right? Um, And the guy, and he just said, you know, I... um, Wait, but did you go with him? No. Okay. No, I went with who, uh, my co-host at the time, Bianca, we went together and it was Crazy, and it happened to be, you know, like Lynn won the Pulitzer, and I was like, oh, now we're gonna go. And his whole thing, this this anonymous beautiful person benefactor, just said the contracts have to be coming up, and he wanted me to see the original cast because I had started this thing, and then episode thirteen is what what is now dubbed the emergency podcast system, and surprise to the listeners. I saw it because I wasn't going to tell anybody because what if they didn't work? What if the scanner didn't go It's subhub tickets? It was crazy, but it was I it's it's something I still can't believe happened. Even saying it, I feel like I'm telling you about a story that somebody else told me happened to them. Are you? Yes, (laughs) that's the twist. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So
0: Obviously, in the expansion of the podcast experience where you start this thing and then you have a friend come on and do it with you and all these other people come do it. And when the mixtape came out and sort of going through that Mm -hmm. and slowly people from, you know, affiliated with the show are coming on and then some standbys are coming on and then cast members are coming on. I know there was a lot of tweeting where you would hashtag or at Lin Manuel Miranda when you would talk about your show. You would include him sometimes in your
1: social media reach yeah I I tried to do that sparingly okay because he gets who gets more at mentions than Lin-Manuel Miranda nobody Lin-Manuel
0: Miranda Miranda (laughs) yes
1: the little known bizarro world yeah nobody right and there was part of me that was just like well I'm not gonna like why waste the at mention I don't know that sounds bad I didn't mean it that way but it's like he's it's just gonna get buried and I'm just gonna do what I do I wasn't gonna force at mentioning him you know
0: But at some point, he became aware that you were doing the show.
1: In May, he became aware. And he followed back. And it was actually, it's funny because Mike and I had seen the show the night before for last minute standing room tickets. And I woke up to at Lynn underscore Manuel followed you back. And then mentioned by at underscore Lynn Manuel, I see you at the Hamelcast. I really enjoyed your chat with. At Off Book Beatbox, which is Shockwave, the beatboxer. Hope you enjoyed the show. And it was this crazy, bizarre moment because I'd been saying on the podcast since January 2016 one day I'm going to wake up to a tweet from Lynn that says, I see you at the Hamelcast because that's what he does when people are adding him, like, you have to pay attention to this or this parody thing or this video or this something. That's his way of saying, I did it, whatever. And then almost word for word, exactly what I said he was going to say, he said.
0: Because you're in his head. Yeah. And he wrote the show almost word for word that you wanted him to write. Exactly. Like, if you think about your ideas for Hamilton and then there right, they right, were, right. he did it. Yeah. I'm a little
1: disappointed with how he did Yorktown. But, you know, it's it's creative <laughs> That license. was not the battle that I expected. <laughs> Yorktown's my favorite thing that's ever happened. Because
0: <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So when did it go from I see you to
1: I'm going to come on your show? So that happened in May. In August, I got a direct message from him completely out of the blue. I hadn't mentioned him in a long time. So you just took that morning where he
0: wrote, I see you.
1: Mm-hmm. And you
0: just were like,
1: oh, no, I like shot up out of bed. I mean, I, I no, was... no, I know. I know that physically things happen <laughs> yeah. to you like both. You're
0: like, I get that. Yeah, like yeah. I get like seizures happen and your apartment shook and all that. Right. But in terms of like, OK, so now I've made contact with the person who created this thing that I loved so much right? It appreciates my love for the thing he did. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so he's reached out to you. And, and in the back of your mind, as you are going through life happily and passionately promoting your love and obsession with Hamilton— mm-hmm. There's this other thing going on, which is he's out there, right? Like, he's out there. Right. It's not like Shakespeare, right? (laughs) Who you, like, friggin' love all things Shakespeare, but he's never coming on your podcast. Sure. Right? Yeah. There's always this possibility that maybe, and it doesn't even matter if he does or doesn't because you love it so much. Right, right. But mm, wouldn't that be something? Mm -hmm. So this idea of, like, could you imagine? Wouldn't that be something?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I, I didn't say anything. I mean, I responded, mm-hmm. you know, like, thanks. So, I don't know. I, I think I did. I, you write Who is this? <laughs> new, new tweets. Who, who are this. you? No, I didn't. I'm not that clever. Yeah. And I, I think I, I said something about like, thank you so much. And then something about I think I threw in like a, a West Wing thing right in there. And I see you. I see you, Lynn. <laughs> oh, should have done that. Um, I, the letter C, <laughs> Yeah. Uh huh. I emoji and I did nothing. I mean, because he followed me back, I could have messaged him and I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I don't know why, but it all it, uh, by August, he sent me a message. Do you want to know what he, he said? He wouldn't leave you alone. He would just it's like, Lynn, I just want to live. Just please. Please. Yes. He sent me a message in August completely out of no. I was just and I happened to be on Twitter at the time. So I saw, you know, the little um, on my computer. So I saw the little mailbox message, thing. And one, yeah. Lynn, my mom, Miranda okay he said okay I loved your Mandy app Mandy Gonzalez I think I'm ready talk in September question mark so I said oh my god and Mike immediately knew he goes what and I said Lynn 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 and I got up and I like just took I just needed to like ground myself sure. and I just couldn't believe it so and I just said yes <laughs> thank you September works for me a whole month anytime tomorrow 5 in 5 minutes I'll I'll do the quickest clean September like you mean August September or September You mean in like less like a week <laughs> it was like I it was insane so I just I just said yes thank you and um enjoy he was doing his social media hiatus at the time he was like off social media for the summer so I said enjoy the rest of your vacation I'll talk to you in in a couple weeks so I wrote in my calendar on September 12th follow up with LMM that's a good idea because I was like, I'm not, I'm just going to, he said September, like whatever, he's got enough going on. And if I don't hear from him by then, then I'll follow up on September 12th. And um, on Labor Day, he messaged me and just said, how's Thursday? Sure. <laughs> and Mike compares it again. I shot up out of bed and Mike compares it to Mia Wallace in, in Pulp Fiction, getting the, <laughs> the <laughs> adrenaline shot after OD just complete. just shut up. And he goes what? And I said Lynn. And he goes when? I said Thursday. And I was like, there's yeah, Thursday works. Here's my address. Thinking he'd be like no, complete stranger. I have another idea. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we do it? And his response was how's one? One's good. I said I'll see you at one p.m. on Thursday. And then I sent a, a Leslie Nope dancing gif. And he replied word. And then he came over. It was so crazy. It's like- yeah, it was the buzz. And I was just like, oh my god. Light. <laughs> Well, he quoted rent, and I—I I mean, I black out after every. You know that? Do you forget everything that is discussed in your interviews? Probably. Yes, yeah, yes. Um, and the longer they are, the more I forget. And I mean, no, I remember every one of them like perfectly. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm no. Like, it's not in a bad way. Who are you? What are you just, doing in my? Hi, podcast my name is Jillian Pensavali. Yeah, hi. there's this thing called Hamilton. How far back do we perfect? <laughs> Thank you. And um, yeah, so I'm it happened on Thursday. It's been not a week. I think I'm ready today to start listening to the audio. I'm super nervous about it. We quoted "Rent" and like sang. He like sang Hamilton back to me. He tried to teach me how to freestyle. I forgot every word I know. Like every word. You're like like you do not
0: understand. If you were not here right now, I could do your album backwards and forwards.
1: Yeah, and freestyling is just is the hardest thing. Like my brain just does not understand it. And he's so good at it. So did he give you? You don't have to reveal it here because we'll obviously listen to your episode. But
0: are there tricks to freestyling? Are there like ways in which you can, if you haven't been doing it for a long time. Can you teach it?
1: Yeah. I mean, the summary he gave was that it's really not as scary as you think it is. It's very fast and rhymes. It's it fast like, it's and rhyme. Ter- I'm like, says Lin Manuel Miranda, <laughs> who is amazing at it. But yeah. his, his friend, who he tweeted at me about, Shockwave, does um, all the beats for, he did the beats on the mixtape. He does, um, he's the, 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 like all the sound in an open letter on the mixtape, if you guys want to reference. He's the best beatboxer ever. He'll tell you that I'm wrong, but he is right. So I asked him, I was like, Shock, I have the best beatboxer here. Can you teach me how to beatbox? So when I say teach me how to beatbox, I know, like, the thing that he teaches little kids. Right. And I do that one thing over and over again.
0: Like and what is that? What did he say was, like, the one thing? It's, it's
1: boots cuts. So you go boots, kts, boots, cuts. And it's funny because even Shockwave was like, you know, eventually you'll do and then some crazy, insane noise. And I'm like, no, I I won't. Thank you. But I I won't. But thanks for teaching me. But God bless you. And so, like, just, you know, asking Lynn to teach me how to freestyle and then literally just not remembering Alana. I didn't remember a single word. I didn't know my name. I was just he was like, you're you're here about. (laughs) Yeah. And he was like, and and I was like, "I, I. so embarrassing. So who the hell knows? I'm can't. i so scared to listen You'll to it. You'll fix it in
0: post. Ah. When when we hear that episode of The <laughs> Hamelcast, miraculously, she knew every single word oh. to every song. But how did you even think about researching or beginning that? So you knew on Monday, like you had four minutes before he was coming over. Did you worry or think about the arc of the interview? Did you think, okay, he's going to come in. I'm going to make him a clever cocktail. Mm-hmm. The spark then, into a flame is what mm-hmm. we made. Beautiful. Which was...
1: Which was do you know the the Nutcracker cocktails? The Nutcracker is sort of a, a shady drink that was concocted up in Harlem that they sell out of bodegas and um, barbershops, and okay. it's where around where Lynn grew up, and it's a very popular summer drink. So we made the Nutcracker and called it the Spark into a Flame, but we made it in like super sanitary and just high quality ingredients because okay. usually you don't know what the hell you're drinking. Right. If you so get he was fine, and nobody got sick, and it was amazing. Yeah. No. 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 We just had we just hung out for a very long time and drank many of them. So how do you even begin something? like that um he came in and I was like is it weird that I feel like I have absolutely nothing to say to you (laughs) I just feel like there's everything and nothing and I do I I didn't do any research on him I don't do a lot of research I feel like especially with the cast members like I just know I know the show and I want to ask them things that like I doing don't know. the show. Yeah, and I'll I'll look into cool things if there's something they want to talk about or an organization they're involved in. I mean, I like knowing who's coming over. It's not like I don't do any research. I mean, I take the podcast very seriously, but I just it was kind of like, well, he's coming over and it's just 18-19 months of work just kind of came down to this moment and and you were ready. I was ready. I was excited as I was calm and it just felt like, well, of course he's here. It felt like How on earth is this happening? What is going on? And equally, of course he is here, right? Like, what has been going on for the last 19 months if he's not here? So it felt kind of like, yep, yeah, this is exactly when and how and where it was supposed to happen. And what was the greatest surprise? Oh, man. That he came over. Uh Uh-huh. Really sincerely, that he was like, yep, one o'clock, yeah, I'll come over. And... He played me some after we wrapped, we hung out for, a, you know, like 40 minutes and he brought his laptop and we he played some cut demos of him just singing like Eliza tracks and on GarageBand and these cool things that blew my mind. And he was excited. And the first thing he said was, I'm such a big fan. Thank you for having me. And then I blacked out and I can't tell you anything else. So <laughs> Someone else happened. then
0: conducted the four hour interview. because well, God Mike was there. Home.
1: Mike was. Did he participate? Yeah. Yeah. Mike's the best. Mm -hmm. He's awesome. So I was happy to have him there. And he. By the way, just for anyone uh,
0: to sit in a room with someone else and when their husband is referenced to say, Mike's the best, that's kind of like the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Really? Do Mm -hmm. people not do that? Um, Not with sincerity. Oh.
1: marriage right. is hard oh it's super hard and try working together you yeah. know i mean it's yeah. hard when we made the residuals it was like this is a whole new that was our first year of marriage everyone around us was like you are two insane people if you make this out alive i mean it's gonna be crazy
0: and you have and we have well i think you're a very special person and i think your ability to really take something that was a passion and figure out how to share it and um Like, it's contagious. Where did you get the confidence? Were you born and raised in a family that was like, you can do whatever you want to do. No one's going to tell you no. Why not? When you look at kind of you and Mm -hmm. your childhood and the people who were around you, where does this confidence come from?
1: I've never identified it as confidence before. So this is a little new. I feel like in five minutes you're going to be like, this feels like a good time to stop. (laughs) <laughs> um, no, my parents are awesome. They were always very supportive, and I-, I guess from, but they were never sort of like you know any you know not in a bad way, but it was never like you can do no wrong. Like I, I had undiagnosed ADHD until I was 18, so I like wasn't a good, I wasn't fun in high school. I'll say that my mm-hmm. parents like I put them whatever. I got in trouble a lot, and it was it was I think hard for them, and but they have always been awesome, and I, I think it's just sort of been from a young. A young age where if I wanted to do something and I really, really wanted it, I did it like I. So here's this is a crazy I didn't know. I didn't think I was going to get into this when I went to college. I was my freshman year. I was at Fordham and I was undiagnosed with ADHD. And it was even when. In high school and everything, it was the same thing with the teachers. She's super social. She knows everything. If you ask her the question, she can answer it. But when it comes to test taking, it's like I don't know it. And I did really bad my first year at Fordham because, one, I just loved it. I was having fun. I was 17 years old. I'm born in December, so I was always the youngest in my school year. And I was put on academic suspension, which means that I couldn't go back to Fordham for a sophomore year. And I could go back if – I followed their rules and I went to a sanctioned school and took their classes and their schedule. And the dean looked at me and said, No one else has ever done this before. So don't try. And I said, Well, now I'm going to do it. And it wasn't like I wanted to go back to Ford. I wanted to go. I loved being at Ford on my freshman year. And the minute she said, Well, first of all, I was like, Are you on drugs? And just accusing me. I was like, No, I just. I'm sorry, seven thirty philosophy classes. Like I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. really sorry. That it's even hard under to focus, the best
0: of circumstances, right? Like
1: it's just hard to focus, and I, I just didn't. I wasn't. I didn't know how to do well at, at school, and then once I figured out what I had to do and that what I had to deal with in terms of the learning disability, I guess I ended up getting straight A's. But when, so she, how did you get
0: it diagnosed?
1: Well, everyone was trying to figure out like what what is the problem? Like if I could tell you what the issue was and or what the, what I was learning about, and it was just hard with test taking or or retaining things, and I just went to uh, a couple doctors and finally someone someone said to me, my parents, how on earth did how did you get through any math? Like how is this not? it was yeah. so then um they told me what I had to do, and i I did it. and but the minute that Dean said, no one else in the history of the university has ever done this like we like we have it on paper that technically you could and i was like do you just not want to figure out the technicalities of your own rules like you told me i can't do this i'm doing it now and then i did it and that same dean when i graduated like gave me a special shout out because of my my gpa but i learned how to do and then i loved school and i i was angry that i didn't i couldn't have had that experience throughout my entire academic And career. were you doing
0: were you acting as a kid was that something that kind of was something you could do and you didn't have to do math and you could tell stories and
1: Yeah, I was always like just social and I was always talking to people and that was always something. I didn't like go to acting school. I didn't study it and I'm not a theater person. Mike is the theater guy. Mike is like the the real the real actor of the two of us. He went to school for it. He's you know. And I just I sort of just really wanted to be talking to people and creating things and then suddenly like that's what podcasting
0: is. Yeah. I cannot tell you how much is someone who's doing this? And uh, I know what it takes to do this. I cannot tell you how incredibly impressive it is that you produce work every week. I don't think you've ever missed a week. No. I think that you have really, you know, we live in New York, the greatest city in the world, mm-hmm. and we take it for granted that we have access, whether you were able to get tickets for a year from the day right. you wanted to. And then this angel came in and got you in early. Since then, not only have you seen it multiple times, you've been backstage, you've, you know, you're inside. You're inside it, right? Like you're now a part of it. And I think that we forget there are people who live all over the world who don't have access to mm-hmm. it. And the way you make it so available to them and give them a platform and a community to share this love – for musical theater in general, and mm-hmm. Hamilton and its specialness specifically, is not just entertaining, but kind of a public service that you do. And I was honored to be on it, and I learned being on your show. I think that was the first time I was ever a guest on a podcast. So really? Oh, it was really, really interesting oh, for cool. me to kind of let go of being on this side of the table mm-hmm. and take it in. But I am... Really in awe of you. Really impressed oh God, with you. And I love, you. and I love you so your much. show. And I thank you for coming on. And I look forward to us doing more things together in the future. But thank you so oh, much for thank being you. here. Do you oh. want to sign off?
1: Oh, with my? Because the- mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's clever and <laughs> I love it.
1: Oh, man. Through tears. Okay. Thank you for having me so much, Alana. G. Penn. I am Pen. I am i.lev.
0: Find out more at promedia.nyc.